There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, welcome to Get Lifted. I'm Lisa Snowden. So today we're talking fasting, we're talking feasting, and we're talking food. I'm feeling fabulous, basically. All the Fs. I missed out a few Fs, but I'll let you work out what they are. So we've got two amazing guests on today. We have got Petronella Ravenshire, author of The Human Being Diet. I know this book has become a Bible to so many of us. Petronella is also a top nutritionist here in London. Let's talk about cheese. <laughs> cheese, the cheese is like, it's a drug. It is a drug. Casein, you know, the protein in cheese, it acts on the opioid receptors in, oh. the, in the brain. So it, it actually works as a drug. I'm also really excited to talk to Dr. Will Cole. Now, Will is a New York Times bestselling author and he is a functional medicine expert. Now, he's got three books out and I want to talk to Will about his most recent book, Intuitive Fasting. Coffee doesn't break the fast. I'm confused about that. That's a tough question, actually. He's like, what breaks a fast? Now, before we kick off this episode, I just want to reiterate that we discuss a whole range of topics on the show. It's important for you to understand that I'm not a trained professional and any advice that I give is purely my own opinion. Now, if you want to engage in any of the therapies, the services, anything that we discuss throughout the series or in this show today, just make sure that you always talk to a trained and accredited professional so they can tailor their service to your particular health and medical needs. It's really important that you bear that in mind and that you speak to your GP or your doctor before you change anything. But I do want you to enjoy this episode. Right, let's get lifted. Petronella Ravenshire, you are my health guru, nutrition guru. Every time I eat, I think of you. <laughs> sitting on your shoulder. Just sitting on my shoulder, telling me, is that a good idea? Um, but you've really, you have, you're, it's such an education when I came to see you for the first time in Chelsea. I thought I knew a lot about nutrition and food, but literally you've just taught me so much. And that's why I wanted you to come onto the podcast as a guest, because I'm... Um, you know, this podcast is all about people feeling the best that they can possibly feel. Yeah. Um, and I know that you've got some incredible information that is going to help people a lot just to help us readdress these kind of habits that maybe we have um, and get us to think a little bit more about what we're eating and why we're eating it. Yeah, that's the big thing is why, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you, I mean, you're already way ahead of, of the game, frankly, Lisa. You know, you, you're already eating very well. It's just, you know, it's just a question of tweaking things. And we get 
so much misinformation, you know, hurled at us all the time, you know, about different kinds of diets and, and what's good this month is dangerous the next yeah. month. And really, it's just reconnecting with the foods that made us human. It is confusing, though. You're right, because you because we get bombarded with information. And I think mm. that is as harmful yeah. as just sort of going your own way almost. Do you know what I mean? It's like, like you said, there'll be this this diet and then yeah. you should eat this way. And I think sometimes it's really about being aware of how food makes you feel. Exactly. Yeah. And the and the effects on your body. So bloating or being irritable or obviously weight gain or not being able to sleep and all the different conditions that or illnesses that come from eating the wrong foods, perhaps. Exactly. Um, so we are obsessed with food, a nation yeah. obsessed with food, um, but we're eating a lot of the wrong foods. So where do you think that that sort of those bad habits stem from? I think that a lot of us, the way we bring up our children, we use food as a reward. Mm-hmm. And um, I know we, we were talking about this before, but I think that probably a lot of that reward and food, you know, kind of connection came about maybe during the, the Second World War or just after the Second World War, when food is really scarce. And yeah. in fact, in our history, it, it has been scarce until quite recently. So, you know, we've um, developed this um, love of sweet foods because we associate the taste of, of sugar or sweetness in our mouth with energy. And energy means calories, means life itself. So, you know, in the, um, in the, in the war, things like sugar and butter were rationed. Yeah. So it made it even more of a treat when we got something sweet like imagine a cake and the smell of it being baked in the oven and if we were very very good maybe we could have a bit of that cake and it was given to us by the people we love by our mothers our grandmothers our great-grandmothers whoever happened to be in the kitchen yeah and we get that double whammy effect so we not only get the sweet taste which speaks to our genes on a very deep level but it's associated with with love and with a hearth and home and everything that makes us feel safe and so, you know, the, the thing is, so somebody says, somebody we love, you've been so good today and I'm going to give you a treat. And that yeah. treat is nearly always something sweet. It's the doggy chock chop. The doggy chop, yeah, the good boy chop chop. Yeah. Exactly. So I think it starts really, really early on. And I think it's really hard for for mothers, for nurturers, not to not to give their children the things that they like the taste of. Yeah. Um, but, you know, maybe maybe we could start to think about uh, other other treats you know not just sweet things i suppose sweet things are easier for mums because it's convenient it isn't it? it's convenient mm. you don't have to go anywhere or do anything very much you just say yeah. here you are my darling you've been so good mm. and i think even so i'm just thinking about i mean you just made me smile then because i was thinking oh my nan making crumbles and cakes and it does yeah. conjure up such a lovely nostalgic feeling it of does. just love and happiness like it just <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's what it's you know the smell yeah. of a cake and oh is that cupcakes cooking yeah. it seems so innocent doesn't it it, it seems, seems like a so picture innocent. of just total domestic bliss exactly and it a little bit of sugar is fine. It's just, you know, we're, we're eating too much of it. And mm. sugar is really one of the original anti-nutrients, you know, because what that means is it uses up B vitamins, magnesium, zinc. When we break it down in our bodies, it doesn't give us anything. Well, it gives us pleasure, which is obviously important. But it takes away a lot more than it gives us back and ends up, you know, having a bad effect on our blood sugar and our energy and our skin and our immune system. Because, you know, vitamin C and sugar... Well, glucose compete for entry into the cells oh wow yeah so so when we're thinking about life itself what do we need we need energy or do we need vitamin c first and foremost we need energy 
Yeah. So, so the body will always take up the sugar before anything else. So that's why it has such a bad effect on the skin and on ageing and on collagen production and all of that stuff. Exactly. Because we're not, we're not taking up the vitamin C, we're just taking up the sugar, the glucose. And that's making our skin stiffer and more inclined to wrinkle and all sorts of horrible things. But also our joints and our, and joints. our arteries and everything. Yeah. Everything, yeah. So I, I do have such a sweet tooth. So how do you recognise that you've got a problem? <laughs> how do you change it? <laughs> yeah. The only way to change it is to think of the sweet tooth as like a little monster. Yeah. And every time you feed it, you give that monster a bit more energy and it gets a bit bigger and a bit more vociferous. Yeah. So you have to say, actually, I've had enough of you. I'm going to starve you to death. I'm not giving you anything. And you just cut off the supplies. Right. And it's really hard for a week, the first week. But after that, you think about it less and less. And if you, you know, if you if you do think about it, you think, no, I'm not giving in to you. I'm not giving you any more food. You know, I'm sick of you. I, I want to see the back of you once and for all. And that's the way to do it. Just don't give in, you know, go and I mean, any kind of displacement activity like walking or having a glass of water yeah. or, you know, getting out your journal or, you know, writing to a friend, anything. Because if we're busy, we're not thinking about sugar or any food, really. So that's the key. Gosh, I don't know about that, Pichinello. I do think about food a lot. <laughs> think about food a hell of a lot um which is what i kind of wanted to address in this episode because i just want to talk about you know the emotional eating or you know why why we eat why we go to the fridge why when i've already had a dinner that that i start i think oh i'm full actually and then i will still find room for something sweet and yummy and chocolatey it's it's we're trying to change the way we feel by right. eating rather than by, you know, doing something more, I don't know, more beneficial. It's a question of reconnecting with ourselves and, and asking ourselves. I know this sounds a bit woo-woo, but what do you, you know, what are you hungry for? Yeah. What are you missing? Talk about the, the gut-brain interaction. A lot of that is the little bugs in the gut. And if they get used to sugar, and if we've got too much candida in our gut, that, that says to the brain really loudly, go and find sugar. Yeah, so candida is 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 like a, yeast, it's a yeast infection, yeah. isn't it? And you have that in your body as well. And that sort of do we know what are the telltale signs of that? And that is sugar when you crave sugar all the time, when you, right? Yeah, exactly. So when we crave sugar and we eat sugar, we're feeding that candida, and all the bugs compete for space in the gut. So we've got the goodies and the baddies. And when the baddies kind of get out of hand, they literally force out the goodies. Mm -hmm. There's no space for them. And the, the the mainly, I mean, it's a quite good rule of thumb to think if you're if you're craving sugar, it's actually it's not you, it's not your brain, it's your bugs speaking to your brain. It's their saying, go and find the sugar. And I think actually that makes it easier to resist it. You think, why would I want to feed them? Yeah. You know, why don't they do something good for me? And and as you said, just have a big glass of water, go for a walk around the block get your yeah. journal out do something get your book and then that sort of moment's passed almost i try and do that i try to have more willpower especially in the evening because that's when i'm more likely to want to go for the ice cream or yeah. you know even if i go for something you know there's the there's a really good brand that's only got like four ingredients so i always think oh this is okay i'll just yeah. have that it's got a little bit of agave a little bit of this and i yeah. think that's not so bad but it probably is still bad because it's still sugar it's still keeping your sweet tooth alive that's the problem yeah and so often um, we're so used to just eating all the time that we never really allow ourselves to be hungry. So that mm. grumble in our stomach. So let's talk about the little grumble that isn't the sugar monster. That's just, that's something that's good, right? 
Yeah, the little grumble is really good. It's this kind of sweep that that goes all the way through the intestines, and it's it's our body's way of doing some internal housekeeping. But we only get that sweeping effect, which causes a rumbling sound, sort of gurgling sound, when when we're fasting between meals, and it's a really good clear out. So I know it's you know it's quite embarrassing when it does it, but it's a sign of good health. And it means that all the all the little bugs, rather than trying to deal with the onslaught of food coming in, are getting on with their housekeeping jobs too. And they're helping to repair the lining of the gut and they're talking to the immune system and they're making vitamins for us and they're producing anti-inflammatory compounds. So, you know, we don't want to interfere with what they're doing. They're really important. So it's massively a positive thing because you always associate that grumble with like, oh God, I'm hungry. Oh God, look, oh, is that your stomach or mine? It's all yeah. very negative, isn't it? It's almost it's like, negative. I must eat, I must eat. But actually it's a positive because your stomach's doing what it's supposed to do. It's having exactly. a proper like sort yeah. out. Sort out, yeah. yeah. It's a really good thing to do. So this brings me nicely on to my next guest. He knows all about that little grumble in our tummies and embracing that. He's functional medicine practitioner and author of Intuitive Fasting, Dr. Will Cole. Hi. Hi. Thank you for doing this. It's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. No, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. No, I'm obsessed. I love it. Where are you in New York? I'm in Pittsburgh. Pennsylvania. Oh my God. Pittsburgh Steelers is my dad's favorite. Um, NFL. Really? Yeah, he's a massive Steelers fan, randomly. Is he, a, is he American? Or? No, he's British. He couldn't oh. be more British. <laughs> but he's been obsessed with the Steelers for a long time. So, um, hey, yeah. That's awesome. So, Will, why do we need to fast? Well, I think times of fasting intermittently and flexibly are a tool to really enhance your quality of life. So why we need to is it's, it's, are you feeling the way you want to feel? Are you feeling, is so, the person that's asking this question, are they struggling with fatigue or weight loss resistance or brain fog and memory issues or just feeling on top of their game and feeling the bet their best self? Or they have digestive problems or different inflammatory problems. Th- these are things that are plugging our world today. Statistically, it's a lot of people. It's the majority of people, actually, that are somewhere on this larger inflammation spectrum. So fasting is one tool. And it's a powerful tool. And it's a completely free tool mm-hmm. to start to calm that down, to start to bring about a better homeostasis or balance within the body. It's nothing new. I, the conversation that we're having, you know, around fasting and as far as the pop culture zeitgeist that's having at the moment is new, but the concept of fasting is nothing new. It's been used for many different purposes in many different ways around the world. Yeah. And, and what you, what you wrote was really something really interesting that you were saying these artificially constructed schedules that we have for our food. So we just assume that it's three meals a day, breakfast, lunch and dinner, few snacks. I mean, I was always told eat little and often. So from my world, I'm eating constantly throughout the day. Um, and in the book, it's so clear that this is just so the opposite of what we should be doing. And we'll get onto the intuitive side of it all. But just, I, it just baffles me um, how we've come so far from where we're supposed to be. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, this is born, this book is born out of my clinical experience. So my yeah. Main focus is over 10 hours a day, I get to talk to people around the world. I started one of the first functional medicine telehealth centers over a decade ago. So yeah, the intuitive fasting, the science in it, the the, the protocol in it, the, 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 the approach to it 
is all born out of my clinical experience and what the science is saying around intermittent fasting. So it's definitely something that's grounded in a lot of evidence. And I see on an hourly basis what this can do to people's life to improve their quality of life, to start having agency over their health. Because you're right. I mean, the way that we eat, how much we're eating and what we're eating is a modern construct. It's actually very recent. So you you can only go back a couple of generations to see they did things completely different. And researchers estimate that the majority of our genetics, almost all of our genetics, haven't changed in 10,000 years. Mm. Yet our world has changed so much and so dramatically in such a small period of time when you're putting that into context with what our genetics have adapted to. So this evolutionary mismatch or this genetics epigenetic mismatch is really at the heart of what researchers are exploring on why we're seeing this epidemic rise of chronic health problems and metabolic issues and different inflammatory health issues. So yeah, fasting is an amazing way. And the protocol that I put in the book is really flexible. It's really approachable and accessible to just about everybody for to start to allow the body time to, to find that center and to start having metabolic flexibility. Okay, so Petronella. Something I wanted to talk to you about is metabolic flexibility, which I didn't know. I didn't even know what that was. Um, and I was talking to you about George and he was, we were doing these sort of fasting and I said, George has gone all day without eating. Um, and he started to do it a couple of times a week. And there's a re- few reasons. He wasn't doing it to lose weight as such. I think he was doing it because he found it, I think he did it by mistake one day and then he found it really easy. Yeah. Um, and then he sort of, and sometimes if you are, probably he's probably working too much and this is not a good thing but he is just on zooms back to back to back trying to do as much as he can and be very productive um but then he found it was quite easy and then i called you about it and i said george isn't eating is that okay and you're like no he must have great metabolic flexibility yeah so how do some of us have that and how do we train it how do we get it why do some of us don't have it the best way to train it is to is to do it um, when we're hungry, we're actually much more alert. And again, it's a, it's an ancient response to, you know, the the, the fear of the, or the spectre of death and starvation. So when we're when we're hungry, when we haven't had anything to eat, yeah, we're on the lookout like a meerkat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we better keep our wits about us and find you know find the solution to the problem. Yeah. Um, and so it, thinking about boys in you know in our caveman days, they they go off hunting with their spears and everything else. They weren't snacking as they went. They were, you know, they were absolutely intent on looking for any kind of movement and everything else. Whereas the girls were probably ambling about a bit, you know, picking things, putting them into their little, what Patrick Holford would call their, like, cavewoman handbags, whatever we used to collect things in those days, and not really looking out for any anything much else. But it, it's such a feeling of achievement when you manage to go all day without anything to eat. And there are times during the day you think, I'm going to die if I don't eat something. And then again, you have the water and you get through it. And it's a really, really good feeling. It makes you feel so light and so energised. Mm. It's not for everybody. It's a bit... No. Um, it's a bit hardcore. Yeah, and I don't want people to listen to this. And, and and I think we've got to be careful because if people do have, say, for example, eating disorders or have yeah. had problems with eating disorders, this could be classed as some kind of control, Absolutely. calorie deficit control thing. And it's just, yeah. that's not what we're saying. It's like it, it's giving no. your body a chance to heal and to reset and to energize and exactly. to do the work it needs to do without yeah. bombarding it with food all the time it's not about a weight loss it's about um increasing your immune system your our health our immune system our resilience 
Will, so today I've done a 20-hour fast. I pretty much apply that to my life when I can. It's not every day, but it's like a couple of times a week. I'll do 18 hours. Today was 20 hours. Um, but it's not about weight loss, which a lot of people just assume, oh, you're on that fasting thing. That's why you've lost weight. But it's not calorie, you know, you're not counting. It's completely different to a calorie-restricted diet and fasting. So if you could just explain the differences. Yeah, totally. So there's two, there's, People get those conflated quite often where they, mm. they think that the chronic caloric restriction and fasting are the same thing. That's not the case. When we're talking about intermittent fasting and specifically the type of subset of intermittent fasting that I'm discussing in intuitive fasting, it is called time-compressed feeding or time-restricted feeding. So it has literally nothing about how much you're eating. It's about when you're eating. So yeah. we're eating at specific times of the day, specific windows of the day when we're eating, specific windows of the day when we're fasting to start to, again, decrease that chasm between genetics and epigenetics. So fasting is actually coded in our DNA. Our biochemistry is adapted to that. So by allowing your body more time of fasting and vacillating, like you said, it's flexible. It's not all, mm. the, all day, every day, but it's giving your body a bit of a break from working so hard on digesting food all the time. It allows your body to start to upregulate pathways that have always been there, but they're kind of, we put them to sleep. We put a lot of healing pathways to sleep by always eating and always snacking and never giving your body a break of the other side of the coin, which is to be in this fasting state to, to heal. And, it's, and so many people, or me included, before I sort of realized or got my head around or got better at it, because we're going to talk about metabolic flexibility a little bit more, or I'd like to talk to you about that a little bit further on in the chat. But it's like initially I thought I just self-diagnosed myself with like hypoglycemia because I was like, oh, if I don't eat for a few hours, I get really shaky. And I'd love you to explain why that happens. But we can change that reaction that we have. And that is about having metabolic flexibility, isn't it? It's about training ourselves and, and and I guess eating the right foods as well. And this is why this four-week fast will have a completely reset um, effect on our systems. Yeah, it's it, the analogy that I use in the book is this proverbial yoga class for your metabolism. Right. It's like if someone's metabolically inflexible, they're stuck in this sugar-burning mode, they're metabolically rigid, they're hangry, you know, hungry and angry is evil spawn, they have insatiable <laughs> cravings, they have, like you said, reactive hypoglycemia, blood yeah. sugar roller coaster. <laughs> Uh, it's a lot of people, right? To various degrees. Yeah. It looks different for different people, but they're somewhere on this insulin resistance spectrum, which is the majority of people in the UK and you know, in the United States and around Western civilization. It's a majority of people. And the reality is just because something's common doesn't necessarily mean it's normal. These are things that are actually metabolic issues. You can reverse them and overcome them and improve them and support them. So why are we settling for something that's actually physiologically not normal for the human race? But because of this epigenetic genetic mismatch, we're eating in ways and living in ways that we haven't adapted to. That's the reason why it's there. The body's kind of rebelling and not being able to handle the amount of things we're giving it. Yeah. in the fashion that we're giving it. So fasting is a way to start to get metabolic flexibility. So what I mean by metabolic flexibility is allowing the body to burn fat and burn sugar for fuel, which we all would be born as babies being able to do that. Mm. All babies are actually producing ketones to or healthy fat fuel to fuel their brain for proper neurological development. Every baby is. And we start to lose that birthright as we are living in this brave new world of this epigenetic genetic mismatch. So 
all we're doing through the, the four-week protocol in the book is restoring and reestablishing that metabolic flexibility that we were born with. And I think if anybody's listening to this and they're like, I don't really know. I mean, do I need to fast? I think I just want to really break down some of these issues that you might be having. So sleep disorders, chronic fatigue, gut problems, brain fog, weight gain, obviously, is going to be mm -hmm. a big one. But hormone imbalances, there is a whole plethora of issues, major health issues, yeah. that if we don't listen to these signs, these warning signs that our body is, is screaming out to us, mm -hmm. there's going to be even more problems in the future. So this is a complete mind and body reset. And equally, it's great physically, but mentally, I mean, because a lot of us eat just because it's bad habits, emotional eating. You know, I've been guilty of that before in the past, going to the fridge and just not even being hungry and just Yeah, just because stuffing. it's available. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so part of our culture. And, and you know this because you know what I'm talking about in the book, but there's no shame in any of these things. All I'm saying is, Let's start to be more curious and mindful about why we're doing the things we're doing. Mm. And is there a better way? Is there a better way for you to have better agency over your life instead of food controlling you, you not being in control of food? Because that kind of yeah. denotes some sort of obsessive compulsion of uh, control. It's not about control. It's about having a knowingness about what works for you and what doesn't. And yeah. you can you can take it or leave it. You're not yeah. so bound by the next craving or the next snack or the next meal uh, compulsively in, in your mind, you can go longer without eating, not because it's restrictive or arduous, but because you're more metabolically flexible. This yeah. is how the human body is meant to operate if we allow it the chance to, to, to get there. Because you, you write food freedom and it's such a positive thing. It's, it's amazing because otherwise you're like, leaving the house, got to have snacks, got to have something like to keep you going throughout the day. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Okay, so coffee. I why coffee doesn't break the fast? I'm confused about that. That's a top question, actually. Is like what breaks a fast? And yeah. coffee does not break a fast. Black coffee specifically doesn't. But if you yeah. want to add some ghee and MCT oil, if it makes your fast easier. 
because the healthy fats aren't going to stimulate insulin in the same way that the sugar is going to be. And it's not high in protein either. So the protein could impact a pathway called mTOR, which I talk about in the book, but it's a specific pathway that we want to help balance in during a fast to support the longevity benefits, the anti-disease benefits, the autophagy benefits, the sort of the body's anti-accelerated aging pathways that we're all trying to support during the fast. Okay, so the new book, your newest book, is called Intuitive Fasting. Explain intuitive fasting, because that to me, and I guess maybe to a few people, sounds slightly like an oxymoron. So it's these seemingly opposite things, intuitive and fasting, and really it's a conversation about metabolic flexibility, because when you have metabolic flexibility – You've calmed inflammation levels in the body. You've balanced your blood sugar. Mm-hmm. You've gotten proper, built proper satiety signaling in the body. You've balanced all your hormones. So these things are physiologically uh, the infrastructure for a fertile foundation of, of more mindful eating and intuitive fasting. Mm-hmm. Meaning it's it's nice for us to use the Instagram hashtag intuitive eating and you know all this stuff. And it sounds nice. It's a nice sounding soundbite. But truly, if somebody's in the throes of hormone, imbalance and blood sugar roller coasters and hangriness and insatiable cravings all of those things will disguise themselves as your intuition because you're going to go towards the sweets and the junk food that really make you feel horrible at the end is that really intuition does your is that something that's ultimately going to be helpful for you no it's going to perpetuate you feeling really lousy in your body so i'm having a conversation from a functional medicine standpoint to have an authentic mindful approach to eating And avoiding foods that make you feel lousy isn't restrictive. It's a form of self-respect. And going towards things that make you feel great is actually a form of Mm self-respect. So that's really the conversation I'm having. When you calm that noise, you calm the hangriness, you calm those insatiable craving things on a physical level, while at the same time I'm walking you through as the reader to use fasting and food as a mindfulness practice. You've also worked the mental, emotional, and spiritual Mm -hmm. muscle as well. At that point, that convergence of physiological things you've built for your health and the mental, emotional things that you've gotten stronger with as well, that is an awesome place, a space for you to hear that still small voice of your intuition because you'll be able to be able to go longer without eating. You'll be able to have better awareness on how foods make you feel. Yeah. Uh, so that's really what intuitive fasting is all about. I love it. It makes so much sense. It really does. Yeah. And and I'm all about the the four pillars of health, you know, it is about that balance within us, you know, and I think you're right, it is, it's, it's self-harm what we do, the way we eat, the way we've been programmed, way, you know, it's just bad habits, sitting in front of the TV watching films and stuffing our face and mm-hmm. that sort of insatiable, yeah. just eating, just, you know, for the sake of it. I think it, I think you touched on something real, real, really important that, I, I think people need – I've never heard it said that way, is well, that it's what we're doing today and the way that we're eating, the way that we're living. It is a form of self-harm. Yeah. It, it, it is It is a gradient of self-harm. But we've gotten to the place in society, specifically certain pockets of society, that are trying to now normalize self-harm and like normalizing – Things that feed and sh- chronic disease and shorten our lifespan is not a form of self-respect. You can try to normalize it all the day, all day long, but if you look at your labs, your labs aren't lying. And yeah. what's happening to the majority of people around the United States and around the United Kingdom, it's a problem. And we shouldn't normalize someone feeling lousy. It's and you can brush it up with a nice filter on Instagram and make it look sexy and pretty and normal and and like a highlight reel, but it's really not 
healthy. And the people that are going through it truly, if they're honest with themselves, will tell you they're not feeling the way that they should, what they want to feel anyways. Okay, so Petronella, what's happening to our body if we're just constantly eating all through the day? So you've said that the little bugs will just be, well, there's no, there's no, all the energy is going into digesting the food that exactly. I know. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's quite major. It's quite major, exactly. And it means that we're constantly in the absorptive stage, which means we're producing insulin, yeah. which means we can't possibly burn fat because insulin's a fat storage hormone. And we need to, you know, to, to stop eating for, you know, a few hours between meals. That way the insulin gets low enough for our fat burning hormone glucagon to appear. And glucagon basically tells the body to break down fat for energy because it says there's no energy here. We better use some fat to energize ourselves. But if we're constantly eating, we never get to see that hormone. And we, you know, as human beings, we're designed for long periods of fasting. Yes. Going yeah. back to cave, the caveman, caveman days, you know, days. We, yeah. we didn't have food at our disposal. It wasn't, you know, when you go into, oh my gosh, when you think about what's available now for us, it's everywhere. everywhere. You know, even exactly. when we're filling up our cars, there's like food everywhere. Every it's, last step of the way, it's like, it's really you sure tough. you don't want a bar to jump yeah, on exactly. a little bit of chocolate here? Yeah. It's just in our faces all the time. And that runs completely counter to our evolution because in our evolution, food was scarce. And the people who are here now, us lot, we're the survivors. You know, we're the ones who could eat a lot when food was available. And that we were, you know, we were also very good at, at storing the excess as fat. You know, that was an advantage in evolution terms. Whereas now, you know, even though we're still drawn to eating and storing and everything else, we're saying, no, we don't want that. And, you know, our, our ancient genes are saying, what? Are you crazy? You're turning down this opportunity to eat? Yeah, get it while you can, get it while you, can. It while you can. But, can. But it's always there, so you get always, always getting it all the time. Yeah, exactly. Hence the problems, the chronic yeah. health issues that then ensue. So what exactly. what are the sort of, um, what are the telltale signs of somebody who's maybe got, I don't know, that there's, there's, there's issues that are evolving through overeating or eating the wrong foods? Yeah, I think the number one thing is energy, because when we're eating right, you know, we're, we're eating enough protein and enough vegetables, a little bit of fruit, but that's, you know, no, no sugar, basically. We find our energy levels are stable and we're in a good mood. You know, we, we get up in the morning and we're kind of ready to go, you know, rather than rolling over and saying, oh, God, you know, another day we, we kind of get out of bed and we have our shower and we're ready to go. And that we don't have that four o'clock energy slump. That's a real giveaway, particularly. And 11 a.m. as well. You know, if we're eating Rice Krispies or toast and, you know, marmalade for breakfast, we're definitely going to have an energy crash by 11. But if we're eating protein like eggs or salmon or, you know, nuts and seeds and things with a little bit of fruit, maybe some vegetables at breakfast, our blood sugar goes up quite slowly and down quite slowly. So we don't get those kind of peaks and troughs all the time in blood sugar and in energy as well. So I think energy is probably the number one giveaway. If we've got enough energy, it means we're... Sorry, I just literally, people I know, people just be like, vegetables for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I love, I yeah. love, but it yeah. is a real... People, you know, it's that's not traditionally what you would have for oh, breakfast. Cool. Yeah, no, you're right. Think about avocado and tomato. So they are actually fruits, but we can count them as vegetables. Yeah. And they, they kind of go with everything, really. Yeah. And for some reason, you know, we eat things like um, mushrooms for breakfast, 
you know, that's okay, and sausages and eggs. But could we eat steak and cabbage? No, but why? There's no reason not to. Mm. What's the difference, really? Well, in New York, they have steak and eggs, don't they? Yeah, steak and, and eggs, exactly. And different cultures, like in Japan, I love their Japanese breakfast, which is salmon yeah. and seaweed and, you yeah. know, lots of sort of vegetables. Um, they also have rice, but we're not going to yeah. talk about rice. because Never rice talk about rice. <laughs> no, I do love rice. I love rice. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't confess to my carb-loving um, cravings with you right now because they do, yeah. still, they do still come and say hi sometimes. But that, yeah. again, is sugar, isn't it? I mean, it's that, sugar. Yeah, but what I do apply, and it definitely works, is intermittent fasting. Yeah, for that's sure. Good. Even the five hours, sometimes more. Um, in the morning, I don't have breakfast in the morning anymore, which I do some days. Some yeah. days I do, yeah. but a couple of times at least a week, I will go um, twelve hours, sixteen hours, eighteen hours sometimes without having a meal. Um, that's great. That's so good for you. I the thing is, Lisa, you don't need to lose weight. Whereas, you know, if you need to lose weight, like, and I, you know, I've seen a lot of people and they tried everything, including, you know, fasting for 16, 18, 18 hours. What they need is protein within an hour of waking. And that oh. kind of kickstarts the fat burning. But you don't need to do that. So, it's, so how it's do you know? How do you know what you need? What would you suggest? Well, if you're, you know, if somebody's struggling to lose weight and they're doing that long fast and still nothing's happening, mm. then, and I know it, it feels really counterintuitive, but to have protein within an hour of waking, you know, and if, if you can't face eating, because I personally, I don't like breakfast at all, I would have whey protein, you know, or, or the nut, you know, protein shake yeah. um, first thing in the morning. And that really gets everything going. Okay. It's um, fat burning. Would you have fruit in that as well with some water or milk or... No fruit, just water. Just water yeah. in the protein, with the protein powder yeah. and blitz it up and just get that into your system straight yeah. away. Yeah. If you can't stand it with water, have, you know, have milk, almond milk or, yeah. you know, cow's milk or whatever. But personally, and I think a lot of people find this, if they had fruit early in the morning or in the morning, it makes them really hungry. See, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. So, if I have done a, say, for example, I'll try to eat... Um, no later than, say, finish everything by 8 o'clock the night before. That's latest, because yeah, I know that you've set up to 9 yeah. o'clock, but it has to be just one hour yeah. sitting down and eating, no yeah. longer. Exactly. Which, you know, when we can travel again, those long, delicious Italian meals, <laughs> we'll have yeah. to go. But no, we could have them occasionally. Um, yeah. But trying to eat sort of between 7, seven and 8 latest, cut off, and then Perfect. not eating again until the next day, say, maybe if I'm at home, maybe 11 o'clock. But then if I have blueberries, yogurt with nuts and seeds, yeah. It's almost like I break the seal and I just want to eat all day long and I don't understand. So is that from the blueberries? It's, yeah, it's no. really interesting, isn't it? God. It's something about that acid flavour that just kind of really stimulates the appetite. Yeah, I just can't stop eating. But same same thing with me, yeah. Yeah, it breaks the seal. It's almost like I can go yeah. longer if I don't yeah. eat. Exactly. But then if I have a breakfast with a little bit of yoghurt... Some yeah. like pumpkin seeds, chuck on a couple of almonds, bit of bee yeah. pollen. That's probably spiking my sugar levels as well. Yeah. Um, and blueberries. And I think, well, that's a good breakfast. I've got a bit of protein. Yeah. It's healthy. But then I'm just ravenous. I could eat straight away after that. I just want to cram more food in my mouth. Yeah, no, it's, I think it's a, common, it's a common problem. What about supplements? Can you take your supplements in the morning if you're fasting or the last thing at night? So you've stopped your meal at, say, 8 or 9 o'clock yeah. and then you don't go to bed till 11 which is way too late shame way on too late yeah. <laughs> and then you take a handful of pills before you go to bed is that yeah. is that i wouldn't take the handful of pills before bed unless they're collagen of course which is very good for us yeah but that's protein 
Yeah, that's protein. We want to take it away from food, otherwise it just gets digested as uh, food protein and it doesn't do the job that it needs to do. So the, what, what we can take without food are all the, the water-soluble things like the B vitamins and the, and the C and things like that, and most of the minerals we can take on an empty stomach. But the fat-soluble things like vitamin D and E and astaxanthin, super good for the skin, we really need to take those with food. So we could take those in the evening and the other ones in the morning. That would be absolutely fine. So this is what I do. So I take with my meal at night, I take my vitamin D and my omegas. Yeah. And then before bed, I take my vitamin B12, my magnesium and that, like my... Is that okay? That's fine. Just okay. B12 and magnesium. Yeah. And they probably help you sleep a bit better too. The magnesium does for sure. Yeah. And we did your omegas and your profile is the best I've ever seen. Much better than mine. <laughs> so whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Well, I've stopped. I've since stopped eating fish. No. We stopped eating it. Well, I stopped buying it in October. Um, and when we did my bloods last year, I was eating a lot of salmon and I, and I haven't bought it. You know, it's been seven, eight months now. So I'm not sure if my amigas would be as good. Um, so that's something for me to bear in mind. So you're um, vegetarian now? Well, yeah, pretty much. Really? Yeah. So are you eating lots of dairy or not? Mm, I try not to eat cheese. Let's talk about cheese. Let's talk about cheese. <laughs> I find cheese harder to stop eating than drinking alcohol. That's really interesting. Honestly, George and yeah. I are both the same. We can give up. I mean, we still, we haven't had a drink for, this is our fourth month. Yeah. Amazing. Well done. Um, and that's not going to be forever. But the cheese, the cheese is like, it's a drug. It is a drug. Casein, you know, the protein in cheese, it acts on the opioid receptors in the, oh. in the brain. So it, it actually works as a drug. And we, you know, we have terrible withdrawal symptoms God. when we get rid of it. So, you know, cheese is much higher in casein than, than yogurt or, or milk or anything. Yeah. And a, lot, a lot of people, it has that effect. Cheese is good, though. Come on, Petronella. It is good. I mean, you look very, very well. Thank you. I'm not <laughs> yeah. having so much. I'm trying not to be too gluttonous. Um, I make this really yummy sweet potato dish with chickpeas nice. um, and lots of kind of um, goat's cheese, cumin, and well, on the <laughs> yeah. top we do yeah, loads of goat's cheese. Yeah. <laughs> but then I put kale, and then at the top I crumble on yeah, I crumble yeah. on some feta, which is delicious. Um, yeah. And we are only down to about half a packet of feta now, rather than a whole one. <laughs> um, but yeah, good. it is a yummy combination. Um, but but we will we will drink again, and we will eat fish again. It's just we're going through a phase, and I think it's good to give your body a rest sometimes. It's really good. The other thing to think about with cheese um, is salt. If you're, if you're putting a bit more sea salt on your food, you might, because cheese is very salty, mm -hmm. that might make the cheese slightly less appealing. It's definitely worth trying. You, you might just be looking for the sodium. Do you think? It's possible, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. That's really interesting. George has been taking charcoal. How's he feeling on it? He's feeling good. good. He's yeah. feeling really good. He's lost like three stone. Really? That's fantastic. Three stone because he stopped eating pork pies. <laughs> <laughs> and no more beer. No more beer. Yeah. I know. I mean, once the, the sun started to come out here, so we've had a little like, oh, once everything's open again, maybe we'll sit and have a beer somewhere. But we've Amazing. been, um, yeah, I, I just don't think I'm ready for a hangover again. I feel so okay. much better not drinking. Good for you. That's fantastic. Really. So, so you've done four months already? Well, it will be. It will be. We're into our fourth month now. I think it's yeah. the 98th day. <laughs> God, I'm counting almost 100 days of no booze. It's like the longest I've ever gone, literally, yeah. since I was a teenager. So it's um, it's it is it's quite amazing, really. And we've both been really kind of cheerleading each other on. If yeah. I've said, 
oh, should I have a oh, fancy glass of red? He's like, no, not tonight. And then if he says, oh, should we get some beers? And I'm like, no, let's wait till the weekend. And then it, the, then that moment passes. I guess it's almost like the sweet treats. It gets to that it's point like the where... It's sweet treats. It just gets easier and easier, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And you don't really care after a bit whether you have a drink or something sweet or not. It's weird. How does that happen? Mm. I don't. I feel like I'm really boring now. Nobody wants us to go out for dinner with them. I mean, they probably, they don't, I'm too ashamed to say... Are you sure you want us to come because we're not actually drinking anymore? Because I'll be like, oh, well, then no, you're not invited. The thing is, you know, if you if you say no, no, I don't, I don't want any any wine. I no, thank you. That you know, people almost immediately. I don't know what it is exactly. But they say, oh, come on, just one. Yeah. But if they give you a glass of something, you say, oh, thank you, how lovely, and put it down, then nobody notices. Really? Yeah. It's okay. Like just saying no is like red rag. Okay, that's yeah. a good idea, actually. Yeah, so you could just be like, <laughs> and hold it a few <laughs> yeah. times and put it back down again. <laughs> yes, just be exactly. like, cheers! And then be like, water, can I have some water, please? Water. <laughs> to, to the waiter, can I have a fizzy water, please? Just with some ice, yeah, there. Make it look like a cocktail. Put some yeah, lemon exactly. in there and yeah. put an umbrella in, too. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> anything to make it look fancy maybe exactly. put some fizzy water in a martini glass i might even do that one day just do a fizzy little... water with apple cider vinegar it sounds disgusting but it's quite a pretty pink color and actually it really hits the spot it's got that kind of dryness which gets the back of your tongue as if it's wine it's it really really works really good. you can't get that in many restaurants like petrol they have got to, to bring take your own, own stash yeah. of like yeah. apple cider vinegar that you're slipping just in. a little yeah <laughs> put it in a vodka bottle in a small miniature exactly. <laughs> My nutritionist, Petronella, told me yeah, that I exactly. can bring you... Sorry, you can't bring your own booze. To, no, 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 it's apple cider vinegar. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. You're full of so much brilliant information. You really are. And you make Thank it you. seem so... Well, you break it down so it is inspiring and simple to get your head around. It's got to be doable, hasn't it? You know, it's we all know what the theory is, but if we can't fit it into our lives, what's the point, really? You know, it's it's it's, it's got to be manageable amazing i love you i love you too i love you thank you for talking to me um i just before we go yeah. i wanted to ask you petronella um how do you get lifted like what is the surefire way to get lifted in your world my surefire way to get lifted is going for a walk you know and it's the thing that our mothers and our grandmothers always said to us oh whatever whatever we're feeling oh go for a walk down and get some fresh air you'll feel better and the less I feel like going for a walk. The more I, the more I know that it's going to make me feel so much better. So I force myself to put my coat on, and even if it's just walking around the block. I mean, obviously, walking in the park's much nicer and much better for us. But going for a walk, getting into that rhythm, and it's like an adaptogenic exercise. You know, if we're feeling down, it 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 sort of perks us up. If we're feeling strung out and hyper, it calms us down. I just, it's the best best thing. And there was a naturopath, and he used to say. My dears, you have two doctors with you at all times, your left leg and your right leg. And it's take to our take to our feet, you know, go outside, breathe in the air, look at the birds, look at the things growing, and it just really lifts the spirits. So that's that's my number one. So, Will, how do you get lifted? What gets me lifted is gratitude practice, it's mindfulness practice, it's anchors of the present moment or things that anchor me and root me in the present moment. Because it's so easy to get distracted in our culture, to focus on the future or the past. So gratitude practice definitely gets me lifted. And mindfulness meditations definitely get me lifted. And physically, intermittent fasting definitely gets me lifted. It helps to 
boost my brain function, lower inflammation levels, help to reset my body in a profoundly powerful way. So those are my three favorite ways to get lifted. Uh, You know, I feel like we've only just scratched the surface there with this topic. I find it so fascinating and I apply it to my life. You know, both George and I, we love to do a little intermittent fast every now and then. I'm definitely trying to have at least 10 hours, if not 12, between the last meal the night before and breaking the fast in the morning. But Honestly, like I said, we need to get these guys back on again because we've just scratched the surface. So Dr. Will Cole's amazing book, Intuitive Fasting, is the flexible four-week intermittent fasting plan and it helps to recharge our metabolisms and renew our health. I'm going to put a link up to Will's book on getliftedthepodcast.com and also a link to his website so you can find him. And then Petronella Ravenshare, The Human Being Diet, again, up on getliftedpodcast.com. It's up there, links straight through to buy... I, like I said, love it. I apply it to my life. Uh, Petronella always recommends leaving at least five hours in between each meal. That is considered uh, intermittent fasting. Um, And Dr. Will Coles kind of builds up over the four weeks. So really interesting. Both books have got tons of recipes in the back. You know, really good, healthy, nutritious food. It's not about starving ourselves. Food is medicine. This isn't an extreme diet. This is what I said before. This is about giving our bodies a chance to rest, renew, restore, heal, rather than bombarding it all the time throughout the day with snacks and eating the wrong foods. So thank you to Dr. Will Cole. Thank you to Petronilla Ravenshare. Loved having you as guests on this episode of Get Lifted. If you want to get in touch, drop me a message, ask me a question. It's lisa at getliftedpodcast.com. I'm also on Instagram and Twitter, lisa underscore Snowden. I'd love you to follow Get Lifted on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Acast app, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And I would really appreciate a rate and review. Thank you so, so much. I truly appreciate you listening. Honestly, it means the world to me. I want to remind you this amazing soundtrack to Get Lifted is created by Natural Symphonies, um, a brilliant guy called Joe, who is right up my street. He basically makes this music through plants. He hooks up the plants basically with speakers and meditates and creates this amazing sound. Um, So he is one of us. He's one of the Get Lifted crew. And just a reminder that by spreading the word, spreading the love and getting this song downloaded, we are helping to replant trees in the Amazon. So please spread the love, get people to listen to this podcast, get lifted. I want people to feel and look the best versions of themselves. And by speaking to these incredible experts and doctors, we can and we will um, and get downloading this amazing track. See you soon. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.